All right, welcome to the Fantasy Finish Line, episode 28, The Playoffs. Problem if we enjoy the intro song too much? We're just going to listen to the whole song just so that you guys know. <laughs> well, once again, welcome to the Fantasy Finish Line podcast. We have it every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Central Time, and it's week 14 that we're approaching now. We've gone through weeks 1 through 13. Uh, I'm going to tell you other Where did information. Where the regular season go? And I was going to tell you other information that's uh, um, that's readily available and you should already know, such as there's 365 days in a year and tomorrow is Thursday. You guys got that too? Unless you're listening to this on Thursday in which tomorrow is Friday. Yeah, I suppose there are places. You know, there are places. There are times. It doesn't matter what place, really. <laughs> I mean, this is a whole other podcast. <laughs> we suddenly got very deep. Um, so I wanted to welcome everybody. Uh, we've had a really good season so far. Uh, a lot of good questions from the audience, etc. So I welcome that during the show. Uh, it's yes. Dave and Jason here, along with Jim, our special guest, Jim Hutchins, uh, who has been a contributor to Drink Five for many years now, doing uh, since the beginning, I think, all, all kinds for of sure, stuff, yeah. including most recently uh, waiver wire articles. Um, now, what's interesting is uh, this year, for example, we we didn't do the waiver wire articles, and I think that you can kind of glean that information from uh, from the rankings and the analytics and the analysis articles that we provide. I would love, Jim, if maybe you have another kind of an angle that you'd like to cover going forward. Uh, I would like to see you do something like trends or something like that. They would be more interesting or um, analytical, perhaps, in years to come. Any ideas about um, about things that you've you've seen that are um, that could be forecast or um, b- besides just way more scoring in the nfl <laughs> yeah how I think... can we apply your big math brain to the fantasy um, football we, I... we could all forecast that after uh, after the rules against quarterbacks right I, I have noticed running backs have been pretty devalued lately versus maybe years prior mm-hmm. um to the point where i'm don't even prioritize drafting running backs anymore i go after wide receivers just assuming i'm going to be able to get a running back that the running back pool is pretty equal. Sure. After you get past the top like four or five guys, it seems like a lot of teams are able to just plug in a guy and get about the same production if they have a good offensive line. But yes, I, I do agree that I think uh, in today's NFL, uh, the the wide receivers and quarterbacks, and to an extent the tight ends, although this year is kind of a uh, an outlier, um, have been really successful. Whereas the running backs are kind of. Yes, there's a couple guys that are amazing. Everybody else is RB2. Right. And I think a lot of that has to do with teams gravitating towards running back by committee. So there's not really a lot of teams that have just one guy. There's usually two or three running backs that they'll play. 
Okay. Uh, so something we always like to start off on is what are you drinking tonight? Uh, we do have quite a few drinks at the table. <laughs> I'm about to dig into an anti-hero here from Revolution, and I actually just bought a, a variety pack. Revolution Brewing is uh, a brewery that's at home here in Chicagoland where we hail from. And which ones do you guys have? I believe I have the uh, cashmere one. So uh, that one is very tasty, i got to say. Cashmere Hero, yeah. got it. And I am drinking an El Dorado Hero, which I'm assuming are hops from Mexico. I don't, I'm not really sure. That's racist. <laughs> They're probably golden hops. <laughs> <laughs> but it is very good. And we also have a little bit of Breckenridge bourbon whiskey from Colorado, uh, which is pretty fantastic as well. So we'll be diving into these various libations throughout the broadcast and, of course, answering your questions. So if you do have any lineup questions or uh, comments or anything that you'd like to uh, get across to us, let us know. Or you can always email Dave at drink5.com or Jason at drink5.com before or after or during the broadcast. Uh, so let's go ahead, and, uh, and after this break, we will start with the Injury and Depth Report. So, Jason usually has a theme as regards to music. Is there a theme tonight? Or There's is a theme tonight. So, if anyone can guess the theme uh, that's out there listening, please let us know, and uh, we'll offer you some some we'll tiny something. some token of our esteem. <laughs> so one thing I have noticed um, is that every single time there's a fantasy season, and this uh, notwithstanding, uh, there is always a lot of, uh, there are always a lot of players that start off the season as studs, etc. And then as soon as you get to like the fantasy playoffs, particularly after week 10, between week 10 and week 14, a lot of those players drop off for various reasons. Uh, they're retiring. Uh, they're not doing as well. They're injured. <laughs> this year is the, the one year where we did actually have players retiring in the middle of the year. Yeah. That was fun. Um, and, and so what I'd like to go over here are a number of players that uh, are, have been injured uh, and are gone from their lineups. And what does that mean for, for the lineup itself? And are there players that are on the depth, uh, on the bench, on, on those squads, or even number twos or number threes of their position? that could step up and be valuable for you on your fantasy production, or maybe not. So let's start with Emmanuel Sanders. This just happened earlier today, uh, and this was uh, an injury that happened during practice. Earlier today, Sanders was helped off the practice field. It was believed then that he tore his Achilles, and it was confirmed just recently that he did tear his Achilles and went on IR. That will obviously end his season. Demarius Thomas, earlier in the year, was traded to the Houston Texans. And so... Sanders and Thomas, who so clearly were the number one and number two receivers on the Denver Broncos, are now absent from the yeah, Denver Broncos. Yep. Now, one good thing from this is that we do know that we have an emerging uh, rookie and someone who had pretty high uh, um, uh, pedigree from Cortland the college Sutton. that he was in, Cortland Sutton, and he will be the clear WR1 now on the Broncos. And I want to ask you guys if you can actually, can you name any other healthy receivers on that team? 
on the Broncos. Healthy receivers, um, probably I, not. I think the answer is no, right? You don't. You don't uh, know off 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 the top of your head. You have no idea who any of the other receivers are. Jake Butts hurt. He's not even a receiver, but there's. <laughs> I don't know any other receiver. Though. Tim Patrick. But you didn't know that name, right? And uh, Deshaun Hamilton, Andre Holmes. Half of those guys, by oh, the way. I know, I know Andre and Holmes. River Carcraft. Andre Holmes was on the Raiders. That's the rest of their uh, depth chart. Some of those guys, by the way, are not even playing. I think Andre Desha- Holmes via Buffalo. Too. I think Deshaun yeah. Hamilton, for example, is like on the pup list or something. Yeah, I mean, they're just listed on the depth chart uh, from so, the earlier. So, so pretty much Cortland Sutton. Proving yes. my point, there's only one receiver on that team. <laughs> and, and so here's the problem: uh, when you have a guy like Sutton who has shown a little bit in uh, Week 13, he had four receptions for 85 yards and a touchdown. That's great. You love to see that. But sometimes when you have a number one receiver that's a rookie. Uh, take, for example, Michael Gallup on Dallas. Uh, you might have a guy who really shows nothing because the number one defensive backs that they're usually matched up against are so much better than them. Uh, it, this could be the case here with Sutton, but it remains to be seen. However, uh, Sutton is owned in almost all leagues. As soon as this happened earlier, I checked every league I was in that, that mattered, and he was owned in all of them. Okay. And I said, oh, shit. That means people are taking our advice because we've been talking about him for a few weeks. After the Demarius Thomas trade, it was clear that he would be getting a lot more work. And while that didn't necessarily translate right away, um, you know, only 6-4 and 7 targets in his last three games. Sure. Um, I think that, obviously, there's no one else to go to now. Playing in San Francisco, he's going to get a lot of work this week. Yeah, so I think he'll do well against a 49ers defense that has allowed almost 2,000 yards on the season and a league-high 19 receiving touchdowns. So as long as he can get over that hump of being the only guy, and it's got to have a little bit of anxiety associated with it. You know, you're the only pass catcher, uh, you know, worth What, what about Tim Patrick? I don't. I, I'm going to forget those <laughs> the names. The man with two first names. As soon as you say those names, I'm going to forget them. I'm, I'm sorry. And you have to expect Sutton's going to be getting double-digit targets go forward for the rest of the season. Right, he has to. So even if he only catches half of them, he's still going to get work. So it's him and Philip they don't Lindsay. Have, you can't name their tight end either. It's not Jake Butt. They're tight end? It's not Jake Butt, and it's not Jake Hireman. It is... <laughs> I'm not familiar. Matt Lacoste. Ah, there you go. So, so see, the point is, um, even those of us who've been paying a lot of attention um, and doing rankings, etc., in various articles, um, we have trouble identifying those players that are on the, on the depth chart uh, that are deeper than Sanders and Thomas and Sutton. And so... There basically is no depth at the wide receiver position <laughs> for the Broncos. Someone might break out, but if it does, it's something that's totally off the radar. So clearly, at this point, Sutton is a valuable asset going into the fantasy playoffs. He's someone that you didn't expect to maybe even be a starter on your team, and now he could end up being your WR2 or WR3. Well, I would also say, even if someone did break out this week, I'm not going to trust him for the next week. Or the championship. It week. could be week it, to week. It all depends. If you had Emmanuel Sanders in there, you may have no choice. You may have to roll the dice with someone. So Cortland Sutton against San Francisco, I think, is a decent yeah, but uh, he's replacement. Sutton. I'm referring he's talking to about the below, other one. Oh, you're talking about Sutton. Tim Patrick. Yes, if he Tim, is if six Tim foot Patrick, four. If he went off this week, I'm not going to trust Tim he's Patrick. He's a big receiver in my championship game. He's got a touchdown uh, against the Chiefs earlier this year, but oh. only four catches on the season. He's done nothing, right? Basically, yeah. I so. Mean, you know, he was a UDFA in 2017, uh, didn't make the Ravens that year, uh, didn't make the San Francisco 49ers that year, wound up being on the Broncos practice squad last year. 
So take it from me, a guy who's wearing a Cecil Shorts jersey from the Jaguars, not the Texans. I'll drink to that. (laughs) Um, Let's bring up A.J. Green. So he goes to IR. That's a toe injury. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit from a a Dynasty or Keeper League perspective just for a second, and that is that A.J. Green is someone who's hard to own right now, not only uh, because he is is going on IR right now, but because he uh, he also uh, had had recently – um, had he missed a, like two weeks, right? He's had the same kind of injury. So, um, uh, just coming back from from an injury to his big toe, aggravating it again in week thirteen, and then scoring less than one point in standard leagues when he came back, which is like the worst nightmare <laughs> of any fantasy player. Like AJ Green's back. They say he's healthy. Should I play him? Of course you play him. Everyone's gonna say play him, right? Point seven points. You're Terrible. unlikely to have three guys better than AJ Green on your team. So he had turf toe back in uh, 2014, uh, and he had other injuries to his toe. And right now, it's a problem because he's an older receiver on a team that's going through a quarterback change um, and growth pains, and may have to rebuild a little bit. And so they may not keep AJ Green past this year. Now let's talk about redraft uh, strategy. So Tyler Boyd has stepped up to be the clear number one target in Cincinnati. Uh, last week he had six uh, receptions on eight targets, 97 yards, and ultimately uh, there's going to be some problems there because Jeff Driscoll is the new interim Ooh. quarterback. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and he doesn't provide a whole lot of upside in the passing game. In fact, Driscoll is a little bit more of a, of a running quarterback, so we'll see how he does this year, but he's not going to be an amazing passer by any means. John Ross is another receiver there who scored five touchdowns in nine games, which is pretty good, but he doesn't really have volume in the passing game. He's he's only gone for uh, uh, two receptions for 13 yards in week 13, and that's yeah. common. Like, he may have a touchdown, but he has 20 yards. I wouldn't be too afraid of starting Boyd at this point either, even with Driscoll. Um, you know, Boyd has a high floor for uh, a standard receiver. Um, he's had 27 targets in the last three weeks. Sure, but we're talking about a uh, clear-cut number one in Cincinnati that's a WR3, kind of like how mm-hmm. Kelvin Benjamin used to be before he was cut. You're like, he's a clear-cut number one in Buffalo. He's a WR4. He cut practice to go to the buffet, you mean. <laughs> um, so I don't think that uh, that Ross is really rosterable. I think Boyd is. He's available in a couple of leagues, but in most places he's already rostered. If you are playing him this particular week, uh, do you expect to get 10-plus points in a standard league? That would mean he gets a touchdown. For me, it's like uh, if you're looking for consistency, uh, et cetera, you can only really expect like six, seven points out of Boyd. I'd agree with that. I, I... think that seven is his floor. Um, I think that you know if he gets a touchdown, he's going to be closer to the 14-15 range. He's very high on Boyd, so that's 70 yards uh, each game is what you expect. Look, I mean, even on the worst team, somebody has to get the ball, and it's going to be Tyler Boyd over and over again in this game. I just don't trust Driscoll. That's why I I mentioned Kelvin Benjamin. Yeah, but it's not like Andy Dalton was playing so well. I I mean... He was playing even. Right. I mean, he was was Andy Dalton. He's the definition of even. The problem is Jeff Driscoll is below the Andy Dalton line. Well, of course he is. He backs up Andy Dalton. 
but 236 passing yards is enough to go around to make the number one wide receiver worth starting. Well, it might be. I don't trust Tyler Boyd. It sounds like you would trust him to start him, and Jim, your opinion I, is? I put him at a flex position. If I got 10 points from him, I would be ecstatic. That trust be is like a an, strong word. An upside week. Well, we're in between here. I got a no. He's got a maybe. You've got a yes. <laughs> we'll see how he goes. Uh, Greg Olson, we were talking about They him. play the Chargers this week, so I guess that's a tough one. We were talking about him earlier, Greg Olson, um, in the in the car driving over, right? Uh, and he has played well since 2007, but he, again, just like A.J. Green, has had multiple problems with the same thing. For him, it's kind of worse because last September he had a Jones fracture. Now, I'm not a doctor, but I, I But be- you play one on a podcast. That's right. <laughs> uh, I, I wish I had the, the specific information because I could say things like metatarsal and everyone would be like, oh... Look what he said. Well, come on. Come up with the new one. It's a very good medical term. I don't know the difference between tarsals and carpals. So it's like, it's between the fifth metatarsal and the fourth metatarsal. Like, all right. Is that big toe and medium toe? What's his new injury, Dave? Is that the scientific name for it? Medium scientific knowledge. (laughs) So he had the Jones fracture. Then he had another fracture on the same foot in September this year, which resulted now in a ruptured plantar fascia of the same foot. So basically what the, the doctors that I've been looking at have said is he, he broke the foot, then he broke the foot again, and then he tried to change how he was using the foot. And by doing that, he was putting too much pressure on various parts of the foot that were not the uh, injured part that basically uh, the foot struck back and said, we're not having any of this. <laughs> like, you're like 250 pounds, bro. Like You can't just suddenly use an area of me that you've never used before. You know what I mean? So it sounds like he only has one foot from now on. <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm worried about him even playing oh, again bummer. ever because next year he'll be 34 years old. And his stretch in Carolina between 2014 and 2016, he had over 1,000 yards a season. But that will probably end up as his most productive years. I mean, this, we're seeing the end of Greg Olson, and it's sad because he's been so good. Yeah. I and mean, you can't trust him in redraft next year. I'd... No, no. If he plays, he's going to be... Uh, someone's going to draft him like at the end of the uh, tight end one. Don't let it be you. I'm just telling you now. He's going to get injured. It's going to be a foot. (laughs) You guys know this already. So he's our number 18 tight end in the rankings this week. Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) He's not. That's pretty high up. (laughs) (laughs) He's he's actually not ranked. (laughs) What I'm I'm referring to. That's how bad the tight ends are this year, guys. It's ridiculous. What I'm referring to is Ian Thomas. (laughs) <laughs> not Greg Olson. So Ian Thomas in week 13 had five receptions for 46 yards. It's true that before that time he hadn't really put up anything. Uh, however, he will soak up some of the targets that Greg Olson would have had, uh, as well will Christian McCaffrey, who basically is a sieve at this point and takes every target from everyone. Um, but it's Ian Thomas that I think is a playoff sleeper because they need to have extra targets in that offense, especially now with Devin Funches. Uh, not really playing very well. They've got DJ Moore, Ian Thomas, and Christian McCaffrey, certainly not in that order, as their pass catchers. Uh, they also have uh, Curtis Samuels, I think it's his last name. Yeah, Samuel. Samuel. Singular. Who's who's pretty good. There's only one of him. But, but listen, they're going to have to throw because they've been behind a lot, and those targets will go to the tight end. And so in a in a year where tight end has been a serious problem, it would not be a bad choice to go for him if you if you don't have anybody. What about well, Chris Manhurts? 
Also on the depth chart there. That, that's a great name. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's not currently playing or something. Well, I, I would like to know what Ian Thomas did while Greg Olson was out. I know you mentioned what what he did last week. Like, Ian Thomas but, is a rookie this year. Like two receptions. Like he didn't do very well. Uh, but but you have to also say that he did you know play snaps in that time. He practiced with the team. He he came uh, upon himself a little bit. So it, it is definitely a flyer. I'm not saying he's gonna he's gonna do it because of Here's previous his, uh, scouting report. Um, work in progress as a route runner. Doesn't set up defenders at the uh, break point or get in and out of his breaks quickly. Inconsistent hands. Rarely catches the ball cleanly. Struggled in the Senior Bowl. Um, so you know, glowing review of Ian Thomas here. <laughs> Well, that's great. Moving on to the next I'm player. <laughs> you know, Cam has had a lot of trouble throwing the ball. Perhaps he will need to throw it, you know, short. But he had to come oh. out uh, the last play of the game because he couldn't make it to the end zone. Those scouting reports are, are you know, a lot like Rotten Tomatoes reviews where people need to say something negative about a player because they can't just be five stars. They're fu- Look, there's always good stuff. So the good stuff was a mismatch who has the speed to threaten seams in a defense and athletic ability to make impact plays. The ex-Hoosier gets a clean release upfield and is crafty to avoid contact. I, I am not saying he'll be an amazing tight end. I'm simply saying that he could be a low-end tight end one for a game or two in the fantasy playoffs if you have that. nobody. That's I think all. they have a good matchup this week, too. I forget who they're playing, but... Well, Jason will look that up for us. Yeah, but the problem with the Carolina Panthers is that they're terrible this year. I think they're, they're desperate at least in right the now. last stretch. So they play the Browns. They have to go to Cleveland this week. It's actually a good thing. Cleveland against tight ends is. It's actually a good thing for for teams to be uh, not winning the game as far as fantasy is concerned, because especially with passing uh, for for those people that are receiving on your team, they need to have those situations. Yeah, I yeah. feel like that's true for quarterbacks. I, I'm not so sure that. That is necessarily true for all the other players. Hey, to be a good tight end in this league this year, all you need are three receptions for 50 yards. Sure, and Cleveland is giving up the 10th <laughs> most points to opposing tight ends. Um, so, you know, they've gotten burned by Jared Cook for 23 points, Travis Kelsey for 22 points, Austin Hooper for 12. Just last week they gave up 9.2 to Jordan Thomas. So it wouldn't, so, it wouldn't be know, crazy if Ian, uh, if Ian Thomas had got, eight points or something. Exactly. I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Hopefully you don't need to use these guys. I'm just suggesting that, you know, in, in, a, in a barren situation, perhaps you could. <laughs> there are many barren situations running into the playoffs this year, I'm sure. There are. Uh, let's talk about James Conner. So uh, originally called a lower leg contusion immediately after the injury. Ultimately diagnosed as a high ankle sprain. Uh, that is an injury that can put someone uh, off of the starting boards from four to six weeks. Now, we don't know what the grade is because they haven't given us that information, but we're going to assume that because it's a sprain and called a high ankle sprain specifically, that he's going to be gone for four weeks. That puts him out of the fantasy playoffs. Um, that means that the people that are available for the Steelers from the running back position are Jalen Samuels, who's a rookie, who in Yahoo leagues, by the way, has tight end eligibility, but not in other uh, fantasy leagues, just in Yahoo. And that will drive some commissioners crazy, FYI. Um, we have Steven Ridley, who will probably get a lot of, uh, of short yardage duties, and uh, the Steelers will definitely play whoever is playing better, since these players have not had a lot Hot of... Hot hand kind of thing. Not a lot of game time. There's also Trey Edmonds, who they signed from the practice squad. They happen to like Trey Edmonds a lot, but they probably won't use him unless they have to. I... Uh- Yahoo has Roosevelt Knicks listed. Is he relevant at all? He's not relevant. Okay. Uh, 
in my opinion. I, I, I'm not even sure he's on the active roster. We can move on from Roosevelt Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think that, uh, that Trey Edmonds will probably not really see the field very much, and he's just there for depth. I think those two, uh, Jalen and Steven, uh, will probably be... Steven. I don't know. Does he pronounce it Steven? I have no idea. I, no one's ever said Steven Ridley, have they? Steven Ridley. <laughs> I think that they Steve will probably Ridley. they'll get the most carries, etc. But I think it's clear that Jalen Samuels is really skilled at catching the ball. Now, what's interesting about that is that the Steelers love a running back that is able to a running back or a combination of running backs that is able to uh, catch uh, the the football from behind the line of scrimmage. Sure, I think one of these guys is going to have a great game. You know, they're playing Oakland. They have to go to Oakland. The Steelers, we we've sort of. Um, you know, said that they don't play as well on the road as they do at home, but last week they almost proved us wrong. I think that the Steelers are going to come out and have a very strong game this week because they can't afford to keep slipping like this. Um, the Oakland Raiders are giving up the sixth most points to opposing running backs. They've given up 12 double-digit uh, games to different running backs. So one of these two guys is getting double-digit points this week. Uh, yeah, double-digit. I, I agree with that. But in, I d- In a standard league. But I do think that, personally... Uh, that most of the points in this game that are from Pittsburgh are going to be from passing because they're they're not that safe and Tomlin really likes the safe moves uh, with the running backs etc. So I do not think that he's going to suddenly give these guys twenty carries or anything like that. They're going to pass the ball to Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster uh, and Vance McDonald all day against Oakland and they're not going to have any problem doing that against Oakland. That's what I think they'll do. So I think Jalen Samuels is, of course, the number one guy, and uh, all the expert uh, and fantasy leagues had him being picked up as the number one uh, waiver wire pick. Um, Yahoo notwithstanding, which is amazing to have a tight end and uh, that's a running back. So I, I think that uh, that Stephen Ridley might end up being the guy that gets a touchdown. I think so. it's going to be smart for the Steelers to lean on their running backs in this game. Oakland is much better against the wide receivers. In fact, they've stopped a lot of the good guys. Keenan Allen held below 10 points. I know what the history Tyreek is. Tyreek Hill only five points last week. I'm just saying that uh, they trust their, their uh, quarterback and receivers more than they do their running backs. Of course they do. But, you know, Oakland, if you play matchups more than, you know, if you're more concerned with matchups than anything else, then this is going to be a rougher matchup for the wide receivers. Not saying you wouldn't start them, but um, it would be smart for the uh, Steelers to use their running backs a little bit more than you might think. I I agree with you. I do not think it's a rough matchup for any position against Oakland, <laughs> personally. I know. I, I think the game script's going to turn into the Steelers are winning huge. And yeah, me too. By default, the running game's going to pick up in the second half. But you so. might get Stephen Ridley then instead of Samuels because uh, he's you know more of a, a veteran short yardage back because you don't want the guy that will fumble. Oh, it feels like you're you playing can. the New England Patriots running back game right now. Like you're trying to predict how well the team is going to do in the game in order to determine which running back is going to do well in the game. Like, I I, I hate doing that because it never works. I never get it right. That's all. So I you know I one of these guys is going to do well, but it you know it's a f- coin flip in my book as to which one it'll actually be. And how does this guy have dual eligibility? Was he a tight end converted to yes. a running back? Yes. Yeah, he's like a freak athlete type player. And, and you're right, Jason, but, I mean, it's our job to prognosticate and decide those things. And I would think that uh, that, that is a game, like you mentioned earlier, that the uh, Steelers should 
uh, have no problem with picking up an early lead because they're a better team than the Raiders. And so if that happens, then what Jim said is likely to come true. I think uh, that's the most likely outcome. And, and that's all we're dealing with here is the most likely of outcomes. I don't, I don't, I, I definitely don't see the game going that way. Uh, okay. Where like the Steelers are able to catch an early lead. You know, the Raiders played pretty well against the uh, Chiefs last week. So, you know, in that case, then I would go with Samuels instead. So, if I have to pick one, that's who I'm picking. All right. Well, my breakdown of the situation was simply to say that uh, Steven really will take some of those carries, and whoever does better between the two of them will end up getting uh, the majority of the snaps going forward because it's just as much about pass protection and trust as it is about pure talent. And for rookies, oftentimes, they may have a lot of pure talent, but they're not very good at pass protection and trust. And so that's the the only thing I have against Samuels at this point. And Samuels could fumble on the first play, and he won't play exactly. That could always happen. (laughs) You know, the one thing in you know uh, to counter your point there, Dave, is that the offensive line is great at pass protection. So perhaps they can get away with a little bit less, uh, you know, of a blitz pickup guy. I'm not sure Mike Tomlin's going to say a little bit less pass protection is fine. <laughs> I just don't think you look at his eyes, uh, you know, during the game. Well, it's I, not like they have Khalil Mack on the Raiders or anything like that. Ooh. Well, we'll sorry, see. Sorry, we'll sorry. see what happens there. But <laughs> again, my point is that they're down to the number three and four guys and five on their team. So they 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 have to trust these guys a little bit to use them often. There, it's not the same thing as a as a Bell and a Connor who they saw a lot. They had in their team. They practiced over and over. They don't have that level of trust with these guys. So Samuel is more than Ridley. But if Samuel messes up, he's a rookie. He could mess up. He may not see the field anymore that day. And that's what Jim mentioned. Yeah. But I agree with both of you, uh, which I think is is that Samuels is the guy that should be uh, the, the RB2 uh, from this matchup. And how awesome is it playing a running back in your tight end position? It, that, that just feels great. <laughs> have fun. <laughs> This is, I don't know. I feel like it's different than the Joe Webb situation from a few years ago. Not that much. It's, well, I mean, it's a lot different when you go from, like, running back to tight end compared to a position where you're touching the ball on every single play. Like, when you when you become a quarterback, it's a whole new class of player. If we bring this up, we have to bring it up for a minute. So, so the, what you're talking about is uh, a couple of years ago, there was an issue as a league commissioner, right, where, um, where there was... There was a player, Joe Webb, who was eligible as a quarterback and a running back, and and he was like a backup player for. Yeah, the, he was a wide receiver, and he was a starting quarterback. Sorry, a wide receiver in Minnesota. And right. and so because of injuries, et cetera, he became the starting quarterback in Minnesota, even though he was generally a wide receiver who was like a trick play wide receiver. Right. Uh, so like in a standard league, you all of a sudden got two quarterbacks. That's and, a little more extreme than a running back to a that's, tight end. That's what but, I'm saying. That's all. It's just more. And that's like the biggest example I can think of no, yeah. where the dual eligibility has really affected things. And that happened in like week 15 and 16 of the season. Well, the reason why I made the joke about it being frustrating to commissioners is because, is because Jason didn't allow that to happen. He said you cannot use that player. Uh, and, and, and other players that are dual eligibility in positions that may walk into similar roles, uh, this could be considered similar, although it wasn't quarterback, so certainly an argument there for positional things. Um, it's frustrating from your position probably being like, I didn't expect this to happen, but it's happening. Well, honestly, what I think of is Yahoo, get your shit together. All the other sites 
are like, okay, he's starting at running back. He's a running back. Let's make him just a running back. <laughs> so Flea Flicker, which is my favorite fantasy hosting site now, has him just as eligible as a running back. Earlier in the year when there were questions about other guys, they would address it on a week-to-week basis rather than Yahoo, who is just kind of like, well, at the beginning of the season, we had it set like that, so we're not going to change it. So I would say this, that to all those commissioners out there, all of you guys, um, to get ahead of things, you should identify people that do have multi-positional availability and say beforehand that perhaps this player cannot be used in this position in your league this year. Um, that I think would be something that would be proactive that commissioners could do. Right. If it's a big deal to you and you think it creates a large imbalance, you should just make it very clear ahead of time. Um, and then, you know, duck later on if you have to, <laughs> you know, make a tough decision. Well, something that we've talked about for year after year is it's always good to have a, a constitution or, you know, whatever you call it, a, a charter, charter as we call it, yes. uh, for your league. Because uh, if you don't have things written down, then people can get into all sorts of crazy uh, drunk-fueled arguments about their fantasy leagues and about what rules should and shouldn't be implemented in, in this and in that way. Dave, it's almost a pastime for some of us. <laughs> so let's let's move on. Matt Breda, he's had a terrific year, plagued with injuries to his ankle. So another guy who's had constant problems, but he's played through them. Tough he's, guy. He's done really well, uh, but he has been ruled out for Week 14. So Jeffrey Wilson takes over. He's uh, going forward with Alfred Morris in the backfield. But previous to Breda's injury, Morris was a healthy scratch for two weeks in a row. So I think we can assume that Alfred Morris does not have a huge role here because clearly uh, Jeff Wilson was was taking that backup role. Um, but I do I do know that now that Breda's out, we're going to have uh, Alfred Morris come back in and have some short yardage roles, etc. But but Jeff Wilson was very successful in Week 13. Eight receptions for 73 yards, um, but he had less than a stellar yards per carry at 4.1, and he did lose a fumble. I don't know if you guys saw the game, but looking at the video, he looks to be down. It looks like his butt uh, hits the ground before the ball comes out. So I do think that he shouldn't have been given that fumble. I think uh, Kyle Shanahan agrees with me. I did not catch it. Um, I was trying to watch the San Francisco game, but I was at a Chiefs bar. You were in Hawaii <laughs> at a Chiefs bar, so yeah, that was you, you had no idea what was happening. I mean, it wasn't in the a world. Chiefs bar. It's just a place that all of the Chiefs fans on the island go and take over. No, listen. If you're in Hawaii on Sunday at a Kansas City Chiefs bar, you have no idea what's happening in the world. That's pretty true. <laughs> I turned around. I'm like, the Jets are winning thirteen to nothing. <laughs> what is happening? Basically, everything fell all all around you. It just uh, all fell apart. It yeah. was eleven in the morning, and the second set of games were starting. I was <laughs> so, so confused. Wild. You should have gotten the Chiefs fans drunk. It should have been. It would have been. Fun. Oh, I didn't need to. They were all drunk. <laughs> They're um, a wonderful group of uh, people. So I, I really, uh, I do like him taking over from Breda, but it's one of those things again where the backup, the replacement for a player that was doing well, is usually not as good as that player. Usually, there's a, there's a value somewhere else that's greater than the replacement. Um, and so, I, I think that he should have, but running back two or three value. Um, currently sitting at running back 23 in standard scoring in, in my rankings, but a little higher in PPR because he did uh, showcase eight receptions for 73 yards last week. But I think that Alfred Morris will have a little bit more, again, trust and uh, short yardage situations, maybe even goal line, uh, because I don't know how much they trust this particular guy. 
Uh, also, the matchups going forward, Denver, Seattle, and Chicago, are not amazing for him. Those are not like particularly great teams to go up against uh, as a running back. I, you know, I wouldn't even worry about Alfred Morris in terms of fantasy. He's irrelevant. He was a healthy scratch the last couple of weeks. But he was a healthy scratch because of Matt Breda playing and having Jeffrey Wilson behind him. Being now that they'd have no depth behind Jeffrey, clearly they have to bring him back up as a second. Well, they also have Kyle Usechek, who they like to use um, out of the backfield a lot. So I think that he could take a little bit of the work that Alfred Morris might have gotten. I like Wilson as kind of a bottom barrel RB2. I think oh, yeah. Just Wilson's definitely the guy there. Purely based on volume. I mean, he's going to get 10 to 15 touches this week. I think it's easy to say, here's the guy, he fills the role. And I agree with you guys. I'm simply saying that you need to you know, put the brakes a little bit on some of these replacement players because they're not just the number two guy. Uh, they may not even be the number three guy. In a lot of cases, they're the number four guy. <laughs> and, and so and there, anything can happen. There's a lot of possibilities where they could come out and and nothing happens. You know, red light. That that could occur. And uh and we've seen some of that already. So uh I agree with you where he's RB2 or 3. I think he's a good replacement. Uh we saw him already do well, but you don't really know what's going to happen uh over these next matchups that are not very easy. That said, if you have running back problems, Clearly, uh, in the waivers, you picked up Jalen Samuels and uh, and Jeffrey Wilson. Yes, hopefully. Those were among the top two or three running back prospects. I also like Justin Jackson, at least for a one-week fill-in. If Melvin Gordon's out again. Well, I don't think Gordon is going to play week 14. I don't know if I'm stepping on something we're going to get to later, but uh, you know, Justin Jackson looked great in the second half of uh, the game on Sunday night, and... Melvin Gordon, right now, he was still sidelined at practice today. I would guess that he's not going to play again this week. Um, they play Cincinnati. It should be a pretty easy game for them. I would, I Gordon probably coming back next Thursday when they play Kansas City. Last week we talked about Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. Um, Eckler is the, again, this is the kind of thing that I was referring to. Uh, a, a number one guy that you should pick up, and he did an okay job, but if he hadn't had a touchdown, he would have had stats that were unplayable. He would have had like four points. Right. And and this is the point when we're talking about these guys. If Jalen Samuels doesn't get a touchdown, he probably won't score very many points. If um, if our guy Curtis Jeffrey... Samuels? If our guy Jeffrey... Curtis I got Samuels. The, I got you saying the wrong name? I said Curtis Samuels? No, I said... Never mind. I'm screwing it up. Jalen Samuels, me. yeah. It, you guys know, you understand. If Jalen Samuels scores a touchdown, then he's going to score a lot of points, uh, enough for you to, to justify starting him. If um, if our guy uh, Jeffrey Wilson scores a touchdown, it'll be worth starting him. But the replacement players are not the guys that usually get the 100 yards. So you have to kind of have that score to make them worth it. And so that's that's what's tough. Um I have another guy to talk about real quickly in Christian Kirk, but uh, I'll just make it very fast. IR, broken foot, it's sad because Kirk was doing well. Arizona is a is a team that needs uh, more time, etc. cetera. Uh, but I do think that what happens more than anything else out of this is that Larry Fitzgerald is going to have some really good games coming up here. So if you have him on your bench because he's owned pretty much everywhere. A lot of people just don't play him right now. If you have him on your bench, you should play Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, not only uh, is, is he had some great games this year, not only is he the only receiver that's worth a damn on that team right not now. Not Chad Williams? No. 
but um but also uh he he really I think that against the Lions, slot receivers have done well more than any other team. So uh, I think that Larry Fitzgerald in his position as as more of a slot receiver now than a downfield guy or or possession guy is going to just feast. I would not be surprised if he gets eight receptions for 120 yards and a touchdown. Mm, I don't see him like that. Lions are the 12th most points to opposing uh, wide receivers. So it's in the top, you know, third of the league. Um Again, he's the only guy, and his name is Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. I think it depends. I, I see him being valuable in a PPR league in standard scoring. I he's don't had see good him games more already here. WR3 or flex in standard scoring, though. Oh, man, I totally disagree. I think Fitz is going to have one of his like all-time games this week. I don't week. trust the Cardinals' offense at all. Not telling you to trust them. Just hey, that, they, went to, they went to Green Bay and won. Just that 120 They got a coach Fitz. fired. That says a lot about Green Bay. I guess that's how bad that's how bad Carolina is. When you lose to Carolina, you get fired. Boom. Or I'm sorry, to the Cardinals. You get fired. Get five. Going up against the Cardinals. You get five. They are who we thought they were. You get five. Going up against the Cardinals. You get five. Sometimes I purposely play songs that go with the upcoming segment, and sometimes it just happens that way. Want to get it right this time. <laughs> so for all of you that have, have drafted people or or picked up people throughout the year that just were not good or have trended down, this section is for you. This is the Week 14 Cut List discussion. And uh, Jason, you want to take over the wide receivers for me? Are you, are you prepared for that? Yeah, so at wide receiver, you got the 57% owned, and these are all Yahoo yeah. uh, ownership stats. Yeah, uh, John Brown, uh, because you already dropped Crabtree, right? You don't like have a team that just missed the playoffs because you still have Crabtree and Brown on the team, do you guys? Lamar Jackson is not passing oh, to anyone. Oh, God. <laughs> what was I thinking? Did you have both of them? I have both of them on a team where, like, I had a bye week that I had to start both of them, Ugh. and it was right when Lamar Jackson came. Was in. your team called like Flacophagus or something? That was the team. <laughs> it was uh, raging Flacaholics for a while because uh, how dare you? Even I had put... to start Joe Flacco at the end of last year. I can't believe you put Flacco in a team name. But he That's... got me a win. That's like a death knell. But I used the Joe Flacco stupid ESPN. <laughs> uh, like graphic. That's like putting Isaiah Crowell on your team name. Did those guys score any points for you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no fucking points. They're like four points this game. Goose eggs on both. Uh. So a few numbers for John Brown. Um, he is, I noticed, on the last place team in the league that I look up, Jess. 
he had zero points last week, 2.5 the week before, 2.3 the week before, 1.5 in week 9, 2.8 in week 8. He was great earlier in the season. So week 7 he had 19.4 points. In the seven weeks surrounding that, he didn't match that 19 points. You know what we call that, Jason? Crap, drop him. (laughs) Fantasy fool's gold. Oh, God. So, drop John Brown. 57% of you, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with 57%? They, they, they've just given up. They're not paying attention to their team anymore. <laughs> okay. Uh, 36% owned is Marquez Valdez Scantling. Scantron. Uh, Scantron. Um, so, we thought it would work. We were uh, pretty optimistic about him, um, but clearly nothing is working in Green Bay. He's a big, fast receiver that had almost solidified the number two role, but who knows what the hell is happening over there. Obviously, in a dynasty league, don't drop him. Hold on to him. You're going to need him uh, to come. But, you know, Marquez, if I can spell the name right, I can give you some numbers on him as well. Um yeah, just as bad. In the last four weeks, he's got about ten points total. Uh, even though he had seven targets last week, I no. They play Atlanta, Chicago, the Jets. No, get away from Green Bay fantasy players. It's the playoffs. The point is, it, these guys, if they're on your team, you have to get rid of them and bring players on that have upside, 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 upside. That's the only thing to put on your team right now, right? Do you agree, Jim? I do. I I think all Mark- upside. Oh, Valdez Gantling still has some upside, I would say, though. <laughs> Dave, I'm noticing a theme I'm hanging with all on to these him. players. Did you look at like the last place team and just put down all their wide receivers? I did not. Okay, because this is like the second one that's owned by the same team. I did not do that. Uh, so Demarius Thomas did have a breakout-ish well, he's, game. Well, he's 92% owned, by the way. He is. I... You know, hopefully you're not starting him. I don't know. He had two touchdowns against Tennessee, but he only had 38 yards, so it's very fluky. Uh, since joining Texas, uh, or the Houston, you know, he's not doing it. <laughs> the Houston. The, the Texas Houstoners. Since joining the Houston. Yes, the, the difference with him is is is... When he was uh, when he was associated with the Broncos, the he was doing much better. The Denver's Thomas <laughs> the did Denver's. well. The, the Denver Houston, horses. the Houston, he didn't do so well. What Jason was going to say is, <laughs> since joining Houston, he has only three point five targets per game, uh, thirty two point eight yards per game. That's exactly what I meant to say. It's terrible, and you may not want to drop him, but if you don't, he's just basically a lump of dead weight on your bench. Because if you start him, a guy that never scores enough points to be startable, what are you doing? Where's your upside? He has no upside. What are you doing? I mean, it's tough with him because he has a history. You know he could be that guy. Do you have him on but your bench? Have, have you watched him play this year? <laughs> they have he someone can't run away him. from anything. DeAndre Hopkins. He couldn't run they, away they, from they, a yeah, fire, they, they have DeAndre Hopkins, so. There's no <laughs> D- Demarius Thomas on that team. Come on. <laughs> do, you, do you have him on a bench and you're just afraid to drop him? Is that the problem? I mean, I have him on a bench. I think he's yes, fine for yes. a bench stash. Well, I'm saying drop him for a player with upside because he has none. All right, uh, so Sterling Shepard is owned in 71% of leagues, so 71% of you are probably wrong. Uh, he only has one game in double digits since week five. Uh, he is also a problem because if you're watching the Giants and you're just kind of watching them casually, you may get confused because Russell Shepard is doing much better. So you think Sterling Shepard catches a touchdown. He's not, it's really the other guy. He's not doing much better. He just had a... He's a doing cra- a little better. He just had a crazy touchdown last week. He had the touchdown from Odell. <laughs> he's a little more involved. 
He's not more involved. So even with six targets and four catches over he the had last like three two weeks, receptions in his entire season. Sterling Shepard is not doing <laughs> anything with that work, and uh, he also had a rib injury last week. So scratch him from uh, your life, uh, unless like you are Sterling Shepard or a member of his family. Please, yeah, please Shad- play Russell Sh- Shepard against no, me. Don't, don't, don't play either of the shepherds. <laughs> no, no Bo- shepherds. shepherds. Fair Both enough. shepherds are done, though. Fair enough. Yeah. And then another guy owning 90% of leagues uh, who is struggling is Alshon Jeffrey. So Jeffrey, over the last uh, four five weeks, has not topped five points in a standard scoring league. How awesome is that as a stat? Biggest loser of the Golden Tate acquisition because Tate has tiered up and up and up, and Jeffrey has gone down and down. It's 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 kind of funny to watch because clearly Jeffrey is the WR one, but he's not acting like it. The guy, I don't know what's happening there, but he's not they catching Dallas passes this week in Dallas. No way you want to start Jeffrey. He's this not week. catching yeah. passes. You're not going to make it to the Rams matchup where maybe you would start Jeffrey. I bet you Golden Tate has a touchdown and Jeffrey scores like. Why yards. did they get Golden Tate? They already had two receivers just like him. I guess Golden Tate's better than those two guys, but now they have like three of the same guy. It's like an A quality, a B quality, and a C quality. They got Golden Tate because they they could re-sign him for years to come. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what they're looking at. Yeah, I don't think it's about this year necessarily. I think it's about I think it's about pick. the Eagles with Wentz being a dynasty in Philadelphia and them trying to build. Um, they're looking for a running back next. Who could it be? Le'Veon Bell. Bring him in. No. Le'Veon Bell's going to fucking Kansas City He's going to be on the Jets and you know Kansas it. Kansas City. He's going to be on the Jets or the Bills. Oh, Chicago Chiefs Bears. Win so many Super Bowls with Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> Bell's coming to Chicago. The Kansas City is not taking... Bell, Hill, Mahomes, and Kelsey? Are you kidding me? Sit down. Oh, that would be amazing. That's never going to happen. How? Why? Why not? Why not? Because it makes perfect sense now. It does not make perfect sense. It makes perfect sense to your dynasty team. That's the, <laughs> that's, the, that's the only thing it makes perfect sense for. He's going to the Jets or the Buffalo Bills or someone who's a rebuilding team. That's what he deserves. But Why wouldn't it be a team that suddenly is good and has a big need at the position? It is not for me to ask why. Because the terrible teams have all the money to give him. Exactly, that's sir. What he wants. Exactly. The cap goes up enough every year that you can give it out. Uh, Mahomes is still under a rookie contract. They don't have to pay him yet. It's easy for us to say those things. I I, I disagree with you, but let's not talk about Bell's future because well, that's Tr- Trubisky is under a rookie contract. That's irrelevant. So... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He'll go to the Bears. It'll be it'll be Le'Veon and the Bears. Come on, I'm okay guys. with that. Hey, I just want Le'Veon to go to a winning team. <laughs> it's not going to happen, man. Oh, uh, look, I want it too. I also have a dynasty league. He'll make the team a winning team. It's okay. Okay, running backs. We're looking at Carlos Hyde, 49% owned, will not be productive behind Fournette. Yeldon gets all the catches. Hyde does nothing. I heard Fournette's planning on getting into another fight. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> well, He's going to punch another man in the helmet. Then I guess you should pick up Yeldon. <laughs> I, I because, still wouldn't play Hyde. Yeah, because play Carlos Yeldon. Hyde is not really the person to go for. Uh, se- I concur. 17% owned Corey Clement. It's, it's his time, guys. Time yeah. to get rid of Clement. He's if out. you have Corey Clement on your team, then this is the first time you're listening to this podcast. Because <laughs> Dave has been talking about Josh Adams for the last four weeks. Yeah, now he's the starter there. Absolutely. Cemented, concreted. Did, did you say 70%? No, no 17%. Oh, okay. he, he's been going down and down. I'm just saying, why are the people that still own Corey Clement? However, he did have a lot of receiving yards, so in a pure PPR league, might not be bad. Uh, but he is going to be less and less used every week. 
Uh, and same with Heinz, 26% owned. So, you know, uh, pretty high up there still. Fantasy value is only in deeper PPR leagues, while Mac is the, the starting running back there. Because, again, Heinz gets a lot of passes. In fact, last week, I think he had like seven or eight receptions. That's amazing. But it's not a usual thing. And yeah. you can't count yeah. on that. So Hines in a redraft league or a half PPR league is not going to give you enough Certainly points. Certainly not a standard league. He only has one yeah. double-digit game in standards. I mean, and he, he doesn't rush at all because Mac is the guy. If it was just Wilkins and Hines, then he would get like, you know, 8, 10 rushes. He has some handcuff value if you own Mac. I could see having him on your team. That's about it. So in my opinion, he, handcuff value has no value, but that's just me. He led the backfield in snaps last week because... Mac was a little banged up, but they're playing Houston. They're going to need to bring their best players forward, and it's going to be Mac next week. Right. Uh, tight ends. Uh, Trey Burton. Trey Burton, 90% owned. I have him on the May drop list, so let's let's go around the table. Uh, first my opinion, then Jason's, then Jim's. You guys cool with that? Okay. Uh, Trey Burton, only one touchdown over the last six games. 40 or less yards. Oh, I got a better number. Over the last six games. So he's basically done nothing, but before that, he's been very good. And it's hard for me to say that you can't play him because it seems like he should still be a low-end tight end one. However, looking at his latest stats and his trends and uh, taking out Chase Daniel... Um, because a couple games ago... And he reinserting was, Mitch Trubisky. He was still with Mitchell Trubisky, right? He was still with him uh, those games that were not the last two. Yeah. He still didn't score touchdowns. He still didn't have yardage with Trubisky. Um, in all fairness, he could have a game where he blows up next week. But I don't expect him to based on the current trends. So he's on a drop list because if there's someone that's better right now for you right now in the matchup right now it's probably better to play in the playoffs than someone who has done badly week after week. I'd rather start Jalen Samuel. I was just going <laughs> to say that, yeah, if you're in Yahoo. Now, Trey Burton <laughs> is maybe the only person who I would hesitate, like you're saying, uh, on this list because of Trubisky coming back, but he has more than two points in only two of his last six games. That's what I'm saying. In the last three games, he has failed to top one point. So it could be incredibly frustrating if you wind up starting him. Uh, He's an up-and-down player. Have you seen the graph the only... uh, on, on the Fantasy Football subreddit? Uh, they have a graph of Antonio Brown, uh, fantasy production as a line graph, as opposed to, um, uh, why do I forget his name right now? Also, uh, domestic violence charges, Kansas City Chiefs. Cahunt. Hill? Hill. Tyreek oh, Hill. Okay. Yeah. This, is a, this is a fun game, isn't it? Um, you said also as in t- Antonio Brown has some. I was wondering for a second. No, I meant Hill. Right. Yeah. So you get, you guys got it right. I know who you mean. <laughs> the, you know, the Kansas City abusers or whatever, whatever they're called. But it was, yeah. look, I mean. <laughs> the, bash, the bashers. <laughs> so Tyreek Hill. Uh, There's no video of Tyreek Hill incident, Hill's incident. When you have his uh, graphics of the line graph, it goes up and down, up and down. Like 30. Yeah, feast like, and famine. Six, you know, like he's still, 24, he's still, nine. Yeah. And Antonio Brown's like 14, 16, 19, 12, 16. That's like Adam Thielen. Right. So so it's just funny when you look at some of these guys versus like, like who do you want to go with? You know, you're in the playoffs. Like, what are you going to do? Is it is it is it huge upside or is it consistency? And, and I, I feel like Trey Burton is an upside player that could score you 20 points. 
kind of like uh, Eric Ebron was when they still had Jack Doyle on the team. <laughs> <laughs> now that now that he's on his own, it's no, like he's just happen. always upside. Uh, yeah. Oh, I got oh you. no, he'll be four points a game now. Yeah, yeah, It'll great. Be, they'll just throw to the other tight end. Thanks. Um, but well, yeah, I I just love that graph. So uh, take a look at that. Well, but, I would say if you look at that graph. Throw out the Chase Daniel games. That doesn't matter. <laughs> well, censor those yeah, but data still, points. But I, but it, I know, I know it, it doesn't make it. Well, well so Jason, better, finish, but finish what helps. you were saying because because still, what's important here is that over the last six, it was still an average of of two points. I was still throughout sure. the last two. What, what you've got going for you is they play the Raven, the Rams this week, giving up the eighth most points to great, opposing tight great ends. Great matchup. Uh, they play Green Bay and then San Francisco. Um, green Bay is definitely better against tight ends. One of the best teams, in fact. Uh, but then you've got San Francisco, who mm-hmm. are—they're uh, down on the list too. I don't know. Next week is. Let's get to next week and win that game. <laughs> so Trey Burton, if he's all you got on your team, you're playing him. I am. I am. Well, because you I, have to. I'm playing him. I don't know how I you have a better have a bye this week. So I don't have to play I think him. It's, it's important, though, when we're discussing this. <laughs> so I better this, address this tight end situation now. It's important when we're discussing this to take our players that we have on our teams out of our you know heads. Yeah. Right? Just yeah, you but have at the same to... time, I would like to inform people, this is what I am actually going to do in real life. Yeah, but it might be. In but, real fantasy life. But let's be honest, Jason. It might be for your benefit to not play Trey Burton this week. I'm just saying. Uh, I see him let's as, look at the trends. as a middling <laughs> tight end one, so I'm starting him. A middling? That's insane. Against the the Rams? are terrible. The Rams? I'm sorry, guys. Look look at what he's done over the past six weeks. That is more than a trend. He is bad. Do not play well, him. I'm throwing out the last two games, and it's a great matchup against the Rams where they're going to need to be passing. Well, I think you guys are wrong. You're just not looking at the actual information that's in front of you. <sighs> you, you want to start Trey Burton, and I understand that. And, and, Jim's you know, a Bears fan. I have a team where I have a Trey Burton. I am literally going His to... ECR is 13. Where did you rank him this week? I am searching for anyone else to play because because of uh, of the trends. He's one spot ahead of a guy with a broken thumb. Jimmy I mean, Graham? Jimmy had Graham? Like, didn't, didn't Jimmy Graham have like seven catches last week? Well, he's got the name too. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Graham does have the name. but I'm sorry, Jason. Didn't he have like seven catches last the, week? I thought we agreed not to talk about the Packers game. Didn't he have like seven catches? I, last I don't week? know. I didn't. I, I wasn't. He caught all those one-handed too. Well, I'm saying <laughs> we shouldn't. We shouldn't compare someone like that. Uh, Trey Burton for me is 16. Yeah, but Jimmy Graham has a lot of those like one-point games as well. Whatever. My point is just this. I look at trends. I think they're important. It's not just Chase Daniel. He's been bad for a while. He was eight for 50 last week. Was Jimmy Graham not Jimmy Graham? Trey Burton has been bad for a while. It's not just a certain new thing. By the way, so we will... live in Chicagoland. I heard him on the broadcast when he was talking about that play, the trick play that was the flea flicker, that was the Philadelphia special. He's like, he literally said, "I was too anxious and I did not want to do it, and so I told Matt Nagy, I don't want to do it. I'm too anxious." That's well, literally what he said on the air. That's pretty <laughs> awful. I'm sorry, but I think I think he is having anxiety attacks, and I do not play him in fantasy leagues. Get that anymore. man a cardboard box. Uh, I don't know about anxiety attacks. I'll say one knock against him though. I will give you that radio broadcast. You do not want to play anyone who says they are too anxious to play a play that someone draws. No, up you definitely them. don't. But one knock against Burton, I would say, is Adam Shaheen coming back. And he's been getting a lot of those goal line. That's where we talk about plays. sleepers. Maybe Shaheen is going to come in because well, because I've, of anxiety, because of issues, because I, of trends. I, Shaheen, you would just hope for a touchdown. That's about it. I'm just saying, 
Guys, do not depend on Trey Burton for many reasons. But no, I'm saying Shaheen's pr- taking away some of those goal line passes that you well, would normally expect from Burton. Let's get, uh, maybe we even have a uh, quote. Do we have a quote? Do we have a quote? Let's see. Take myself. I find it difficult to engage with others. I don't think that's a quote, man. <laughs> Is that Trey Burton? He's that having was... anxiety problems. <laughs> He's actually... having an anxiety attack. That actually was Trey Burton. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So I have never heard a football player on the air say that's terrible that they that had anxiety. That. And, and the, literally, I literally heard him say this on, I think it was, uh, uh, you know, your regular Chicago Bears broadcast uh, after show or whatever, um, that uh, there's a um, there's a radio station that has uh, that has who is it? Um, Zach Miller come on like after every game. OK. And uh, that's the same one that I was listening to where they actually had Trey Burton call in and they were talking about the play and they said, and they said, what happened there? Like, wasn't that supposed to be yours? The Philadelphia special, you guys know what I'm talking about where the Phillies, it, it, were you talking about the play in the, in the Super Bowl last year? Or are you talking about a play that the, uh, did you watch the bears game last week? I didn't. So <laughs> he was so in the Hawaii. Bears were down uh, by 10 points. He was in Hawaii folks. And with two minutes left, and we said, fuck it, the Bears aren't going to win. Let's go to the next bar. Oh, you and made we a, got to the next you bar. made a big mistake. And I said, holy shit, the game just started in overtime. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the, what, uh, what happened? Okay, You're okay. referring to the Tariq Cohen play. So so what happened, <laughs> well, it's not really, it sort of is a Tariq Cohen play. Well, it so was. Chase Daniel, right, he, uh, he shifts it over to uh, Trey Burton. And Trey Burton, like, that's the Philly special. That's when they needed to score that touchdown to, to like, uh, to tie up the game. To go to overtime. Right. And usually it would be uh, the same one as in the Super Bowl where uh, Chase Daniel gives the ball to Trey Burton and he, and he throws it back to Chase Daniel, right? And that was the play over and over again in practice. But apparently what happened, like, uh, the Friday before they played the game is that uh, Trey Burton came up to Nagy and said, I'm, I'm too anxious. I don't want to do this. I don't feel comfortable doing this play. We uh, should have gotten him a Buddha box. And he said... It, <laughs> It's a great South Park episode. You guys, you guys have to watch it. Just put on the Buddha box. Don't pay attention to anything. <laughs> um, so, 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 what happened is, uh, is, is they they said, fine. Uh, well, that's great. We'll we'll have uh, Tariq, you know, we'll have Reek throw it, and and Reek threw it to Anthony Miller in practice one time on Friday. And that's that's the story, and and that's what happened at like the end of Friday practice, and so during the game. They call the play again, and and he was just again. He's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do it. Like, I'm just gonna do the one we did in practice or whatever. And so, Jason, what what happened? If you, you didn't see the play, was I actually haven't seen a replay. No, Chase Daniel uh, gives the ball to uh, to Trey Burton, who then the whole team, the whole opposing team, thinks of course he's gonna flick it into the end zone to Chase Daniel. And Chase Daniel runs out for a route, but instead of doing that, uh, he he uh, laterals it over to Tariq Cohen, and no one expects this. Okay. And then Tariq Cohen gets the ball, and Tariq Cohen backs up, and he throws it in the end zone to Anthony Miller. It was a That's great fantastic. play. It was an amazing play. Hey, it helped me win a game last week. I know I know that With, because uh, Tariq Cohen. Yeah, because I had I had Cohen going. So there's the play, and it's fucking crazy. Put up crazy. like thirty points in that. League. It's crazy. It's great. Again, play Trey Burton if you want. I'm just saying he is showing anxiety. He's said it. He's said it on the air. He has literally not thrown a play because of it. I don't think he's a good play in the fantasy playoffs. I think he's ridden with anxiety. 
and that is not a player you want to play. He's riddled with anxiety. I literally think mm-hmm. that. He actually has said it on the air. He's afraid to throw the ball. I'm okay with my tight end not throwing He's the ball. He's a PC oh, yeah. baby. How's the last six weeks for you and uh, Trey Burton? <laughs> I don't own Trey Burton no, in you're right. any league. It's fine if Trey Burton doesn't want to throw the ball. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. It apparently doesn't want to catch it either. Well, fuck. <laughs> Do not That's play problem, Trey Burton. Then. This is my advice to all of you. Do not play Trey Burton. I don't know. I like the matchup too much. Uh, you guys are crazy. You are not You are not looking at the actual signals that are right in front of you. I am not personally going to start him in a game that matters. All right. Because I because I have Rob Gronkowski. Uh, last guy to mention, Vance McDonald. <laughs> now let's fight about that one. 67% owned. He averages three receptions for 30-ish yards over the past six weeks. Touchdown dependent. Now, as opposed to Trey Burton, uh, Vance McDonald has had two touchdowns over the last six weeks. When he has touchdowns, he's a really good tight end. He scores 10-plus points. Uh, but if you're just getting three receptions for 30 yards in a standard league, he's not worth playing. Unfortunately for us, we have to start some of these guys because there's not a lot of good tight ends out there. So I still think that Vance McDonald is uh, someone that is on the board to be started. I have him at 11. I have Trey Burton at 16. I have Vance McDonald at 11. I'm simply saying uh, you shouldn't start either of those guys and you should think about dropping them because their production is low. So yeah, the Raiders do give up points to tight ends. Um but I would start Vance McDonald over Trey Burton, probably. So would I. We have that in common. I wouldn't. Maybe not this <laughs> You're one. wrong. You are wrong. <laughs> why, do you, why do you guys think Trey Burton is a good start this week? It's insane. Every because single Trubisky's thing. Trubisky's back. That's the only reason Trubisky's why. back. Well, the he, Rams game is going to be Trey a Trey Burton of was not good with Trubisky. He wasn't good without Trubisky. No, the only time he was good was with Trubisky. Last six weeks. Trends. Trends. Come Last on, six weeks minus two. Last four weeks. Anxiety has overtaken him. <sighs> yeah, it's tough. I mean, Vance McDonald had a lot of promise, but he you guys just aren't going to listen to me. Fifty yards That's since fine. the bye. Well, I just ignore the Chase Daniel games. For it's not Burton. about Chase Daniel. I'm telling you <laughs> that he literally has psychological problems, and you're not listening to me. <laughs> don't they all? I don't know. Not like this. <laughs> That's not very PC, Dave. Who goes on the radio and admits that they are too scared to throw the ball well, in a football game? That's just stupid to do. That like, are you sure he was being like? Totally cereal? Yes. Absolutely 100% sure. 2% cereal? <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's get into the good stuff, shall we? Okay. Shabam. Trey Burton. I don't know the music. Don't go mad, you don't know the, the theme yet? The okay. I bet you could guess it without knowing the songs. It's about breathing? Life is a long river. Learn from your past. I've been reading my history to learn what the others have seen. Blood in the hollow of my heart. So. I, I am so glad, you guys, and thank you very much for listening so far into the podcast. Again, week 14, um, I'm here with Jason and with Jim, also with Jessica. Hi, Jessica. Uh, the The important part about this particular week uh, is that we went and we 
and we finished one of the bets that we'd had since 2016. Week 12 of 2016. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> so that is officially more than two years old. Actually, uh, last week, uh, or two weeks ago, we finished a bet with Tad, who's our, our confidence pick uh, guy on drink5.com, that uh, it was, what, four years old at this point? Three, three years old. Three years old? Three years old. So there wasn't, like, there wasn't even the oldest bet. Not just, <laughs> we weren't like a hair over three, like we're a hair over two here. It was, like, it was a well over three years. Three and a half years. Three and a half. I'm trying to do like an uh, Irish accent, three but it's impossible. Yeah. Just think Chris O'Dowd, Dave. Uh, I love Chris O'Dowd, but I can't speak like him. I think it's, uh, <laughs> I think it's like a... Think Liam Neeson. Uh, I love jokes. <laughs> I want to try comedy. So... <laughs> So here's here's what we haven't done in a while. We actually, Jim, we, we used to always do bets, but we haven't been doing them. So uh, towards the end of the year, I'd like to have a couple. Uh, split decisions is what I call this. And each person picks a lineup from the below options with a short explanation why they make each selection. So below when, you, where? When, when you pick, uh, I, I have, uh, I have a, a document that I'm looking at. I'm sorry that you didn't look at yours that I sent to you earlier today. I apologize about your lack of uh, preparedness. How does the audience look below? Clearly, you were <laughs> clearly you were working. Uh, it's some kind of job that uh, you know that paid you actual money. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are we not getting paid for this? I'm getting paid in whiskey. So all right, <laughs> you know he's right. He's right. He's right. So so here's the rules. Uh, everybody will uh, pick one person from the two that they're offered. And they'll have a short explanation why they made the choice. Then we rotate clockwise uh, based on the person that originally picked the first person. If one player is picked twice out of the two players uh, in a row, then that third person has to pick the alternate option. There is no other choice. Now, all of these players are picked from my rankings uh, right next to each other or one away from each other, so they're very close. They're not far away. It's not like my number 18 running back next to my 36. So they should be all guys that you're, you're you know, uh, okay with, with playing. And if there is an opportunity, or not opportunity, but if there is a, an instance where, for example, you pick a player and he doesn't play, then you can go ahead and have the next guy above that person in uh in the the rankings so that's that's how we'll just play that does that make sense everybody that sounds good um okay knock knock come in hello he was looking for liam neeson for like five hours over there i've never been here before so I, I thought it's my daughter. Because you're a hypochondriac, you would have been to the doctors before. <laughs> Don't presume. That's a backstory we didn't agree on beforehand. We never no. talked about that. I'm Batman. That's improv, though, isn't it? You sort of go with the flow. I don't take notes. Okay. <laughs> Can we go again? Yep. Because you ruined that. Sorry. I'm pretty sure that uh, that Liam Neeson should actually be the next Batman. These, these tricks aren't just for kids, right? <laughs> that would be pretty good. Although he was already Ra's al Ghul. Oh, fair enough. So, are you guys ready? And Jason, will you do my notes for me here? I'm ready to uh, scribe all this, so you lead the way, Dave. Okay. So, I'm actually going to have Jim start, okay. I think, if that's okay with everybody. Go for it. Uh, so, I'm going to give you two guys. You're going to pick one for your lineup, and you're going to tell us why just very quickly. And very quickly, because we only have like 15 minutes left in the broadcast, right? So, quarterback. And by the way, this is standard scoring league. Standard scoring league. Okay. No PPR. Uh, quarterback, quarterback, you can pick Matt Ryan at Green Bay or Jared Goff at Chicago. Uh, Four-point touchdown? 
for passing? Yeah, yeah. we didn't. What's standard our scoring? scoring. Uh, standard scoring? Okay. So tell me who and tell me why. Drink five scoring. Perfect. It's already written down. I will go with Matt Ryan just because I will. You don't like points. <laughs> don't like playing against the Bears defense. Okay. <laughs> oh. Um, this is a really tough question, I feel like. And and I was trying. Well, to, that's the point. I was I trying suppose. to make them tough. Good job. But, but Matt Ryan versus Green Bay, like the team that's falling apart, right? Uh, and the quarterback that can't pass it at all. <laughs> versus Jared Goff, who's been really good, but against one of the best uh, uh, rushing defenses and that are defenses. out there. So uh, I'm, I'm actually gonna go with Jared Goff. Uh, for me, it's Jared Goff as well. That's a no brainer. Oh. I have been riding with Matt Ryan in a league (laughs) all year, and it's been terrible. And I've just watched Jared Goff put up points. Like, even (laughs) just just based on my experience this year, I know that Jared Goff is a better quarterback this year. Especially against the Chiefs. I don't care about this matchup. So, Dave, you're going to start the next one? Yeah, so the the next uh, wide receiver, we have uh, Chris Godwin, uh, Tampa Bay receiver, versus New Orleans. Versus Kenneth Galladay, Kenneth Galladay, uh, Detroit wide receiver at Arizona. Hmm. And so I really like Chris Godwin right now because Deshaun Jackson's not playing. And when Deshaun Jackson is not playing, Chris Godwin has been amazing. Uh, If you look back at those dates over the past two years where Godwin was playing, where Deshaun Jackson was not, amazing stats. So I'm just going to go with Godwin versus New Orleans. Uh, so I do believe that I'm going to go with Godwin as well. Not a huge fan of the passing offense or really anything to do with Detroit. Uh, plus they're playing Arizona, who has a decent. Are you saying defense. Galladay? Or are you saying no? I'm, I'm just saying why I'm not taking Galladay got it, got because it, we're going to just give Galladay to well, Jim. Well, Galladay get Jim gets Galladay. Yeah, I'm okay with Galladay. I mean, <laughs> well, he, he's, he's, he's the awesome. number one receiver versus he, Godwin. Could have a great Jim is game, a could have a bad game. and Dave and I have the same team so far. No, you're right. Like, there's no problem with Kenny Galladay. No, he's, he's <laughs> for sure going to get points. On Tampa, they have a lot of passing Would you options. have gone with him anyway, or no? I think I would have. I think he, <laughs> there you he, go. he would get more consistent points. Well, I'm trying out a new kind of game because I hadn't done yeah. this before. So we'll see how it works. Uh, Jason is now the starter. Okay. Uh, who are my choices? Uh, you got him, right? Well... Okay. I can read them. Wide receiver, we've got Elshon Jeffrey at Dallas. Okay. I heard like a, a crackling there. I didn't say anything. Just, Ver- just give Dave Elshon Jeffrey. Right Ver- <laughs> <laughs> this is what's called collusion. I don't even know who the versus <laughs> receiver <laughs> Versus Allen Robinson. Allen oh, Rob- yeah, definitely. Just Allen Robinson versus <laughs> the LA Rams. Uh, All right, guys. So, By the very nature of us telling people to not play Alshon Jeffrey this week, I am going with Allen Robinson because he's going to be a great companion to Trey Burton because Mitchell Trubisky's back. Oh, they'll be such. Oh God, I feel like such a meathead. You're wrong about <laughs> Trey Burton, first of all. You, I'm you need, joking you about need Trey to Burton. Not start him, but because Trubisky is back, I feel better about Allen Robinson. You're going with Allen Robinson. It's going to be a high-scoring game, I think. All right. Yeah. Well, you know, Allen Robinson plays for the Bears. Alshon Jeffrey used to play for the Bears. Alshon <laughs> Jeffrey was really, really good on the Bears. Yeah. 
Because he had Jay Cutler as his quarterback. Who do you select, sir? That matchup against Dallas is god-awful. I'm going with Allen Robinson. Then I get, oh, get Alshon Jeffrey. So for football Sunday, my sister went out, and she was a sport to watch football all day, wearing her Cutler Makes Me Drink shirt. Does she not like football <laughs> at all? She certainly doesn't spend her Sundays watching football. <laughs> You're like, by the way, I would like to go watch football all day. I was like, Nicole, I'm fine <laughs> with coming in November, but you know it's football season. <laughs> <laughs> well i think any of us we go out with uh, our friends or, or some people that haven't seen us in a while and you're like oh, I'm, I'm i'm glad to attend a family event but where, it's where are their night, where, where are their the tvs television? and is there red zone and <laughs> answer all my questions i need to, or, or i'm on my phone all day then you know right i brought a i brought my battery pack with me that day yeah i'm gonna need it i'm gonna need it so uh i get alshon jeffrey right yes you do okay. we finally have a different team now back back to jim Jim, uh, running backs, Gus Edwards, uh, of course, Baltimore running back at Kansas City, or Mark Ingram, New Orleans running back at Tampa Bay? Hmm, uh... I made these into hard decisions on purpose, so I hope you take a second. Well, you're not like Todd Gurley or anyone else. (laughs) You could have at least given us like a Gurley or Zeke. Who's Baltimore playing again? Uh, Baltimore is going to be playing, yeah. They're playing Kansas. They go to Kansas City, I believe. Yes. Yeah, they're at Kansas City, and and the New Orleans Saints are at Tampa Bay. Right. I'm, I'm gonna go with Mark you're Ingram. With, you're not gonna go with the bus. No, I, I trust Ingram more. I, I just feel like he's got a better chance to score some touchdowns. Mark Ingram, it is. Dave, who do you like? Will you be taking the bus? It's not the bus. It's Gus Bus. Gus the bus. I the guess. bus is Jerome Bettis, and that is a Steelers franchise hero. Fine. So let's not say the franchise bus. hero, along with Willie. Parker. He's like the th- eighth franchise hero. <laughs> that franchise. Me and Joe Green. <laughs> he won one <laughs> Super Bowl. There's Heinz Ward. Uh, that's fine. Ben I, Roethlisberger <laughs> is a better Steeler than him. I will also take uh, Mark Ingram at Tampa Bay, which leaving you with Gus Edwards. I am okay with Gus Edwards. You should be. He's, He's not, not okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> if only I could have Kenneth Dixon. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs do give up a lot of points to opposing running backs. Yeah, yeah. And there's really nothing else going for him. <laughs> Well, he is the starting guy. Hey, at least New Orleans had a crappy week last week. I don't know. He's almost guaranteed to have like 80 yards of rushing. Exactly. It's just touchdowns, I don't know. I didn't yeah. think that this guy would keep doing it. I was like, oh, no, that's one of these like fluke games. He's going to go no, away. Gus Bus, Gus Bus is a big dude. He's... I don't understand where it came from, but okay. It's all time on UDFAs, man. It could yeah, be. Dude. It's never going to be. He's old. the next Tom Brady. It's never going to be all Ty Montgomery. That's never going to be a thing. <laughs> Just thing. so you guys are all prepared for this, there in is a, in a matchup against Kansas City. I could there is see no, there is no reality where it's all Ty Montgomery. <laughs> it doesn't actually happen. So, uh, is it my turn now? Yeah, your turn for the second running back. Okay, so Austin Eckler versus Eckler. Uh, Cincinnati, uh, going up against Adrian Peterson versus the New York Giants. All right. Uh, what and is your pleasure, Dave? I I have like serious issues with this because I don't know. Uh, it's craziness, right? Like Adrian Peterson just ran for ninety yards as a handoff from Mark Sanchez, which so made me think that it was carry. it was like suddenly two thousand. Yeah, are you living in the past? <laughs> Adrian Peterson did not top one hundred yards in that game. Yeah, he got the ninety he yards, ninety yard carry, and they did nothing. Eight carries for eight yards. Other That's than so that. Funny. 
and then and then Sanchez stepped in and, and like it was like we're really going to be a bad team just so you guys know. He butt fumbled again, didn't he? No, he didn't butt now fumble. Now you can say which butt fumble are he, you talking about? He didn't butt fumble, he recover fumbled from his butt. He butt covered. <laughs> <laughs> but what happened was the butt went full circle from a fumble to a recovery. Oh, so it's it's like some sort of weird uh, art installation over the course of years. It's a hot tub time machine. Shame. <laughs> so who are you going to pick, Dave? Um, I I have no fucking idea. <laughs> well, you're the one who made this game up. I'm actually going to pick... Oh, jeez. This is such a... It's a it, good game if it, you can't figure out how to play it. It's a terrible, terrible game. <laughs> I'm going to pick Adrian Peterson, and I'm going to pick him because I think even though Mark Sanchez is the quarterback of the Redskins... Austin Eckler is not the solution. I think that Justin Jackson will be a better running back uh, when we look back on it over the past Oops. couple games. So uh, I'm going to pick AP over Eckler. Uh, I I need to think about this for a moment. <laughs> you don't know either. It's hard. <laughs> I hope he takes Adrian Peterson. You want Ekelar. I want... No, I don't know. Hey, hi, how's it going? What seems to be the problem? I've contracted AIDS. <sighs> Adrian Peterson. <laughs> All right. Yes. You get Ekelar. Because I didn't want to have to decide. <laughs> well, you don't have to. Congratulations, Jim. So, Jim... I guess we just want to buy Jim a burger. Well, the, the bet, by the way, I didn't mention... Is uh, is that the winner gets a burger and brews at Kuma's Corner in Chicagoland here? Not uh, any necessarily uh, specific Kuma's Corner because there are multiple. There's actually three in the Chicagoland area, and we can go wherever everybody wants to. But the burger and brews, and that's not shots, but just beers and burger uh, that the winner wants, whatever he wants, paid for by the losers. Understood. All right. And everyone's into that? I mean, I literally put it on here, but like I didn't tell Jim. I still can't see what's happening. <laughs> so are you okay with that bet? Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. So moving on to, I think, uh, Jason, who gets to decide next, yes? Uh, we're going to tight end position. Tight end position is Cameron Brait. I think he's doing research. It looks like it. <laughs> Cameron Brait <laughs> versus New Orleans. He's looking ahead of the kickers. Versus Vance McDonald. <laughs> Vance McDonald at Oakland. make this game. So I've already said that I Cameron would like to start. Vance McDonald. Vance McDonald. Um, but Cameron Brate's played really well against, uh, what you call it? Or with, I should say, um, with Jameis Winston. Well, so be, I'm going to go be, with Cameron Brate. Being that these uh these particular players are right next to each other in my rankings i would suppose that, that they're going to be close. that they're going to be close yeah so, so i'm taking cameron Bray. jim cameron Bray uh, versus new orleans vance mcdonald's uh well, vance mcdonald at uh oakland i mean orenthal james is out for the year orenthal so orenthal james i'm going to go with Bray on a great tampa bay offense and then i get vance mcdonald cameron Bray. give me vance and Dave gets the Steeler. All right, and Jim, uh, we're nearing the end of the broadcast, but we're almost there. You get Adam Vinatieri, really old kicker uh, from Indianapolis against Houston at Houston, or Sebastian Janikowski, really old kicker, <laughs> on Seattle versus Minnesota. Ooh, 
pick an old kicker versus old kicker, sir. I have to go with the Chilean sea bass. Well, that's Sebastian Janikowski for those of you that are uninitiated. I mean, you might not know. But we decided earlier tonight that Sebastian Janikowski is the Chilean sea bass. He's clearly going to move to Chile in his old age and retire, therefore being the Chilean sea bass. Uh, we only have to tell him that. So, so Jim uh, is taking Chilean Do you guys see best. Which one of you guys wants to email Sebastian and tell him he has to move to Chile uh, for the purposes of our joke? He's probably... <laughs> Anybody? He's probably all about that shit. All right. I, uh, I'm going to go with Adam Vinatieri simply because uh, Andrew Luck throws three touchdowns a game and he just got fucked up last game. I think he'll come back to it this game uh, and they will be very close but may not make it which is exactly what you want. Uh, I love both these guys, and, and that's why but they're kickers, so... kickers, Dave, it's okay. I, I think kickers are important. It's if the you, most important If you're position. playing kicker on your fantasy league, <laughs> you guys laugh at me, but people have won no, because I their kicker, kicker had a better performance than another kicker. Of course, when a kicker puts up like 20 points for no reason. All right, can I ask for you no guys reason. a fantasy question? Of course. How many times you're in still... any of your fantasy leagues this year did you hold two kickers? How many? How about how many times in the last ten years have you done that? I have a fantasy. I don't league think I've ever done that. Where there are two kickers, two defense, two that's different. Downs. That's different. It's I'm just answering in a, the in a one in a one count. kicker league. In a one kicker league, <laughs> we must specify the one kicker league rule. Well, in general, my answer is going to be every time because of sweetness. However, um, in any other circumstance, I will never hold on to a kicker ever. Hmm. But. In any position where there is one quarterback, I will generally not pick more than one quarterback. Because there are always some on the wire that are still good enough. See, I don't want to drop like a Greg Zerline or a Justin Tucker or a So you're saying you, you would keep one? I do. Uh, During bye weeks, I hold on to those kickers. That's good. I, I love a Zerline. I am picking Vinatieri. That was Janikowski, uh, Vinatieri, leaving you with your decision. So I get to choose between Janikowski or Vinatieri. Indeed you do. Who do you select, sir? Um... At Houston or versus Minnesota? Let's see. It's more about the teams, isn't it, really? Like, both those guys are great kickers. That's how I feel about the kickers, is that it's more about the team than it is about... And, and both good defenses, like which is, is. kind of tough, because you expect both to be pretty good. So, I will go with he Janikowski a, this week. Flips a coin and he sea basses it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, the... The last one, I think, uh, goes to me, right? Um, unless no, you I just Unless started. you don't want it. Or no, I just started. Yeah, so yeah, you start, Dave. All right. So I will take a moment to think about this. Um, but basically, it is uh, Los Angeles Rams defense at Chicago or uh, Chicago Bears versus the Los Angeles Rams. How did that happen? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's something to do with them playing against each other. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure how that occurs. Uh, in this particular situation, I love Chicago and what they've done this year. I think the Rams are way better. Uh, a lot of people in Chicago would agree with uh, agree with me, disagree with me. I think the Los Angeles Rams will expose the Bears a little bit. Uh, 
I mean, let's be honest. They they've played matchups where they've had you know thirty plus points scored against them. So this same thing could occur. However, I think that um, Mitchell Trubisky as a quarterback and their offensive line is maybe a little bit more exposable than the Rams. So that's why I'm going with the Rams, Jason. Uh, I'll take the Bears on this um, because they're the you know they they are getting a lot of turnovers. They could get a pick six. I think that, you know, even if they give up more than 28 points, they can still have a decent game. So, Rams for the Dave and Bears for the me. Jim, you right. your choice. Who are you going to take? For the gym. The Rams, the Rams at the Chicago or the Bears versus the Rams? Right, this one's close. The Rams, I think, have the best defensive line in all of football. But I think the Bears overall have more playmakers. So, better chance they'll get defensive touchdowns. I'm going to go with the Bears. The Bears. All right. Okay, guys. And we have a Monday night uh, tiebreaker uh, for total points. Uh, week 14 schedule says that the uh, the Monday night game is... I haven't even looked this up yet. FYI. Oh, the Monday night it's game? It's Vikings versus it. Seahawks. In Seattle. So, Vikings at Seattle... Uh, we're gonna do uh, one of Jason's Thursday favorites. Thursday night annual crap fest. <laughs> we're gonna do one of Jason's favorites, and uh, we're just gonna do a three, two, one. After we're all okay with it, and just say the number. The total. Yeah. Okay. Total points. So, guys, think about it for a second. Um, you got a song that you can play while we think about it? Please give me some volume. Okay, Green Grocer. As you wish. Padawan. You're just gonna play shit from good. Liam Neeson all night. I don't know. <laughs> Have you even seen that movie? Uh, this is from the show called uh, Life's Too Short. Life's Too Short. And I have seen this. Oh, Life's Too Short was good. There's a great scene with you know, Daniel Radcliffe and Patrick I was the doctors. Are we ready to go? I don't know. I've, I've been distracted. Are you guys ready to go? I've got AIDS. I've got full blown AIDS. Are you guys ready to say a number? Vikings, Seahawks, you ready to say a number? Yes. Okay. Are you ready, Jim? Does it have to be a whole number? Like yes, a, a whole number, not a it decimal. It can't be an imaginary number, Jim. It has to be an integer. <laughs> like the square root of I. Come on now. Uh, and a whole number. Are you ready? Okay. Can you count us down? Three, two, one, and then everybody three, say Three, two, one. 45. 43. Okay. What'd Those you... are all very close to him. I said 45. He said 43. He like and blew everyone. He yeah. blew everyone out. I think is what yeah. happened. I don't, I, I <laughs> everyone just like grabbed their ears. Well, those people listening on headphones have now lost their hearing. We'll have to whisper for the rest of the podcast. Oh. <laughs> no, whispering is not is not loud enough. We're gonna make an ASMR. We video. have to be louder. I can do an ASMR video. <sighs> I'm just gonna slowly go like this to the foil. I'm gonna. <laughs> What the hell is going on with that shit? What a ridiculous thing. I don't have a thing. Can I crinkle a thing? Is there a thing? Hold on. Oh, just so you guys know. Um, oh, that is not at all soothing. This is an ASMR video. <laughs> Make it stop. All right. So I think we have everybody we need, and uh, that includes you guys. Thank you for your questions, too. Uh, we were able to address them tonight. Drink5.com. 
look at our rankings. We've done pretty well overall at fantasypros.com. Pretty well, I'd say so. Up in the top third of all of the experts. So uh, just listen to uh, what we have to offer. And, of course, the last thing that you should do is take one person's opinion verbatim. So uh, take a look at what we have. Look at what you have available. And, honestly, let, let's be honest, all of us, right? You're... Your gut decision, if you have a different one on, on Sunday or uh, more accurately on Saturday night after eating all that White Castle, go for it. <laughs> and play Trey Burton. <laughs> Don't play Trey Burton. <laughs> That's an incorrect move, folks. Okay, thank you guys very much. We are going to get the heck out of here. Thank you very much for listening to the Fantasy Finish Line podcast that features uh, Dave and Jason and special guest Jim Hunchins. Dave at drink5.com and Jason at drink5.com. Give us your questions. Thanks for joining us, Jim. Your comments. We'll see you next time.